So we're ready for a playoff edition of Passes Prime. The NHL playoffs have begun. The NBA playoff uh, play-in games begin on Tuesday, and we have all our experts to break it all down. And I'm going to give a little bit of a tease. We do have a uh, somebody here around this table who got a tailor suit made. So that is going to be something to get into. But before we hit all that, I did a little rant on Aaron Rodgers, a little, maybe not a rant, but I did a little... Uh, quick podcast about him, or maybe not that quick in some people's eyes. But Stephen, you weren't there for it, so I just want to get your opinion of what you thought. Was I too harsh? Not harsh enough? Just right? Give me your uh, give me your opinion on that, if you don't mind starting us off with that. Sure. So I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm a little more sympathetic. I, think, I don't think that you were hypercritical of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think you were pretty level-headed in your analysis. Um, but I would say that uh, I'm always more sympathetic to him and his cause. Right. To give you a couple things that I think you got correct, for sure, there's Brady Envy going on. I think right. Brady Envy is going to be one of the biggest things that happened this year in the NFL. It's not just Aaron Rodgers. The Patriots are a normally frugal organization. There's it To me, I'm sorry, there's no coincidence that this was the offseason. Belichick decided to spend a lot of money. Right. So I think Aaron Rodgers... After seeing Tom Brady win his seventh Super Bowl, um, into to most people, I think the goat argument is over. Mm-hmm. I think to a lot of people, I, I understand that at this point, I'm definitely in the minority, in my opinion, on Aaron Rodgers, um, right. on him at least being better than Brady, and and I definitely think that he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be able to write his own story. And I think losing to Brady along the way oh. is definitely what's making him want to get out. Right. To, to, the, to the other part of it, though, um, I understand his frustration. I, I, don't th- I think if you're Brady, you have every right to be upset about the Jordan Love thing. But I do want to step back and say that if you look at the, the Packers roster, it's not bad. They've given no. him Devontae Adams, who I get he was a second-round pick. Right. But he's objectively a top-five wide receiver. At least top ten. At, yeah. at, at a least, minimum. Minimum top ten. Minimum top ten. He's an elite, ten. elite wide receiver. He's very good. Very they good. They have an right. elite, elite running back in Aaron Jones, right. who's dual threat, who just behind like a healthy Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey can really do it all. Right. They have a great tight end in Robert Tunyon, who should have been a pro bowler over the Giants' Angram. Right. And they have a good offensive line. Yeah. So last year's loss in the NFC title game, I think there were a couple bad breaks, maybe a coaching thing. That team is good enough to be 13-4 and four again, or 14. I know it's a 17-game right, season. Right, 17-This team right, is yeah. good enough. It's honestly a defensive thing away. So I think he has the pieces there. I get, though, from his side why it might be irreconcilable. Right. But honestly, I think his best chance of winning a Super Bowl this season is with the Packers. Right. So I'm kind of torn on it. I'm like uh, Rob Lowe in the, in the NFL hat, just kind of rooting for the game. You right, know? just... Just, like, don't come out and say, or through minions or whatever you want to do, the GM should be fired or whatever. If you if, if you put as much effort as you, like, in everything you said about, I want to be on Jeopardy, this, I want to be, come out and just say, hey, you know what? Let's put an end to all of it. I'll stay here for one more year, and this is it. This is my swan song here. I still want to continue playing. It's just not going to work here. It's not the fans. It's not. It's just there comes a time when you got to say, "So long." You know what I mean? To right. go to you know. But, your but he might be like, there now. You know what I'm saying? Right. He might be there now, where he can't play there anymore. But where are you going to go? Now, Mikey had a good point. He brought up the other day. He said the Giants have two first round draft picks. Now I know it's fantasy. 
It's I, no not fantasy one, to but, me. But but think about it. It was a good point. He goes, the Giants have two first rounders this year coming up. Mm-hmm. They can. I don't think they're going to be. You know, more than maybe nine wins. You know, I, I don't see that happening. Now, if they're not sold on Jones after this season, you say, Daniel, thank you. It was fun. Green Bay, we got two first-round draft picks. We'll give you a second-round pick, you know, this year. We'll give you another first-round. You know, Aaron, would you like to come to New York? You you go from the, one of the smallest market towns in, in all of the NFL to New York. Mm-hmm. And what if they do a special Jeopardy from New York? So you don't even have to fly to L.A. in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You could live in New York. Mm-hmm. You would be even more commercialized than you are now. And if mm-hmm. you happen to have them win and they get playoffs and make a run, because they're not that far away. I think they're comparable because everybody says, oh, the Broncos. I think the Giants and the, the Broncos Giants. are comparable if they get an Aaron Rodgers to make that team so much better than what they would be. And I'm not killing Daniel Jones, but I'm saying if right no, now... I'll kill him. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, it was a great point by Mike. He goes, they got two first-round picks. Figuratively, I'll kill him. I don't want to... Right, no, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but I don't think the Bears are going to be great next year. I don't think the Giants are going to be... Uh, look, I'll shoot for nine wins for the Giants, but that's still nine and eight. So... If there is reason for hope from the Giants, they have a very good defense. Right. They spent big in the offseason to get right. a wide receiver. They right. got a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. Right. There's weapons. Right. If Saquon Barkley is healthy, Aaron Rodgers could be that final thing that actually gets them to compete for a Super Bowl. He could I do, would do it in a second. He could do picks. what Brady did to Tampa Bay and bring that. We're You know what? Everybody's talking about the Jets now. They got their new quarterback. They got. How do you think that would be? And new quarterback in New York. Rodgers comes in, okay, I'm the old guy or whatever, I'm done almost or whatever. This guy's going to be the new me because a lot of people say he can throw the ball around. Well, let's see. We share the same stadium. We will share the same city. I would love it. It was a good point by Mike. I wasn't even thinking it. I would do like, it if, to your point, I don't know who the suitors are, but if you're starting right. to think of them, the Giants have to be in that well, who, running. Who's going to be the You're not going to go to Carolina. No. You know, you're not going to go to San Francisco. No. Because they have nothing to give up. No. You're not going to go to the Cowboys. No. You're not going to go this... It's really only Denver. I've heard Denver. I've heard the Giants scenario. Right. And a crazy pie-in-the-sky one, the Browns. I don't see that happening. Right. I do not see that happening. If he takes a step back, but I don't... I I don't don't think Mayfield takes a step back. Or, you know, the Russell Wilson for... You know, Rodgers just swap, but, but that's, even that, he's how not is that go. better? No, how is that not a better, better scenario? You've got two good quarterbacks. You're just dropping them one in the yeah, other. The sad thing is, is I do so. I get a lot of what you're saying. I am more sympathetic, I think, to Aaron Rodgers and wanting to get right. out. But right. even if, and and for me, who's someone who loves Aaron Rodgers and wants what he wants for him, the truth right. is, I want him to win another Super Bowl. Right. The best shot he has next year. Is with the Packers, yep. with the defense. Yep. And they, they, they use the first-round pick on a corner, which they right. desperately need. Yep. If they get a little bit better on defense, and if they just let him go for it yeah. on fourth down, or, and if, to, be, to be totally honest, if there aren't two phantom pass interferences that work against the Packers at right. the end of a half and the end of the game right. to really turn at, at two huge points of the game, right. Aaron Rodgers is in the Super Bowl, and maybe they even win it. Yeah, right? right? So... I think, especially the way the Kansas City team line was, especially that they got hurt I mean, that game. Yes, yeah, correct. So, to me, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you want to win a Super Bowl next year, your best shot 
is with the Packers. I, I think so. And Absolutely. to be honest, and again, I think this whole thing is he wants to be he wants to show he's the greatest. And mm-hmm. even if you look at that title game, he outplayed Tom Brady. He threw more touchdowns, less interceptions, oh, more yeah. yards, higher completion percentage. It was it just Brady is great. He's also had the fortunes of being, to me, one of the luckiest players of all time. Going to Tampa Bay, having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Oh yeah. Situations like that are not the norm. Most great quarterbacks don't have two amazing wide receivers, two or three good tight ends. Yeah. Antonio Brown joining like that is not the normal situation. No. Tom Brady got very lucky. It was a wise move for him to go there. And that was a Buccaneers team that was good the year before. Yeah. The only thing that was wrong with them, and I, I think James, James Winston. Winston throwing I think James Winston 30 picks. That was that the team. They just needed a quarter. And I think James Winston, I wish him the best of luck in New Orleans. Right. I think that's a good situation for him. But they just needed a quarterback that wasn't going to turn it over. And Tom Brady was that and more, and that team wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But, Mike, I know you've been patient, Mike. About the NHL. Wow. So there's a little thunder hitting little the bunker thunder, here, yeah. but uh, we might be able to get that out. Well, but it's good with hockey. You can talk about the lightning. You can talk yeah. about the lightning. So Mikey has been chomping at the bit about a couple of things. About the NHL in general, but of course his beloved Rangers along with Zach and Steven are all Ranger fans. So Mikey, take over. Let me know what you think about the NHL, what the Rangers did by firing their GM and the assistant GM. What moves you think they have to do in the offseason, if they have to tinker, or are they going to go after Eichel of the Sabres and give up a ton of a ton of players? So you have the floor. You guys will just chime in whenever you want. But, Mikey? Well, there's a lot to unpack with the NHL in general. Go ahead. Like, I mean, one th- the, the playoffs have started, but it's odd because the playoffs are only right now for, like, the East teams. Like, last night the Capitals and the Bruins played game one. But... Also, the Oilers played the uh, they played the Canucks for a regular season game, and they are keep, continue their regular season until May twentieth. So the NHL scheduling right now is a little odd. So I can't officially say that it's the hockey started you know playoffs for everybody, but right right now with uh, McDavid, he ended the season with hundred and five points in fifty six games, and he ended I think with the third best points per game total ever in the NHL. Like with Gre- uh, behind Gretzky and Lemieux, so isn't always behind Gretzky though when you do a no, stat. Yeah. It's always Gretzky and then and whoever follows. Ever. But honestly, and I I don't mean this even. It sounds almost like foolish, but Edmonton just a quick thing should for right now for their first overall like their first round picks for now for the next ten years they should trade away. Any prospect who's not a defenseman or a goalie should be traded. You should go all in every year that McDavid is playing because he is head and shoulders the best player in the league over any player and it's not even close. So I wouldn't put I would put him over Crosby, over Ovechkin, over Austin Matthews who had the highest goal total. He is just when he plays, he's better speed-wise, skill-wise, hands, his hockey sense, his IQ, his every... If he's not hurt, I would go for it every year, and they'd be foolish not to. And I'm honestly rooting for him to get his first cup this year. How likely is that this year? It's pretty likely if him and Leon Dreisaitl are playing the way they're playing and the team is playing how they're going. He it, McDavid's the person, if he retires with less than eight cups, it would almost be an shame to his career because of how good he is. Is he, that, this, is he that much better right now, you think, than someone even like Crosby at their peak? 
I mean, Ovechkin at their peak. They're very comparable through the most like through their first, I think, three hundred games. Is where uh, McDavid's at now. He actually had four more points than Crosby did through his first three hundred. So, but it's like they're very comparable. But how even Crosby didn't win some cups until later on in his career, like the two back to back he got most recently. Like McDavid should be every year in the finals. It should be like a Gretzky type situation, but. With that being said, that's just my take on McDavid. The Rangers, who are not McDavid, and I would love if they were able to. I would. I would honestly. There's not. I would trade. This is just. I would trade every player on the Rangers and a Panarin, Zibanejad, anybody for McDavid. Because him in New York, I think Dad, me and you talked about that. And right. if you got McDavid in a New York market, for that would be so good for hockey. Because when you're gonna watch the games in Edmonton and the Battle of Alberta, they call it and stuff when they're playing at eleven o'clock at night. And you know, like the, like he, if you were in a bigger market, that would be so amazing for the NHL because he is just the best hockey yeah. talent that has come he, out in the past. He's like Mike Trout playing for the Angels in, in L.A. Nobody sees their games, but he's a great player. You know, he, he suffers because of that. Yeah. The same thing happens. Like, 10 o'clock at night, their games are on in New York, you know, in, in the East Coast, and you're missing a talent of a generational, the word that they love to throw yeah. around. Talent, though, but he is. But to go, to go to the Rangers, and you can chime in too, Zach, I don't mean to cut you off, but what would be, could you see that down no. the road, them saying, hey, we'll give you A, B, C? There, I, it, or you think that, that they would rather go for Eichel of, of the Sabres? Is that oh, their I guy mean, they're targeting more than Mc, McDavid's untouchable, you're yes. saying right now? If, I mean, I can't say anybody's untouchable because Gretzky got traded, but there is right. no, no good team would ever give up. He would have to leave himself right. no team that has any sense should ever trade him there's no asset you will get that is better because i remember when mcdavid started there was nothing in edmonton like it was right barren like they were and he in what has it been like he it's four seasons four seasons yeah has basically rebuilt the entire team and it's it's all around him he became the youngest captain in nhl history ever but i mean it, it and he's is he from edmonton no, he's he's Canadian. I forget. He's I feel he's like kind of from where Gretzky's from. He like grew up like, like learning. Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Like learning through Gretzky, which is kind of funny how close they are and how one's ninety seven, one's ninety nine. You know, like, yeah. But both playing in Edmonton, both captains, both you know. But I just I had to do that because he had finished last night his regular season with hundred and five points in fifty six games, which every year except for his first season because he got hurt with a collarbone injury, he's gotten over a hundred points and nobody's scoring at wow. his pace. And this is a short, this is an abridged season, obviously. Yeah, like yeah. he got like for like le- uh, two seasons ago in a hundred in a eighty two game season, he got a hundred and four points. In an in a fifty six game season, he got a hundred and five. Wow. He right. scored more points in his last 14 games in the season just in those 14 games than any player did on the Devils the whole entire season. Here's here's my prediction. The Rangers will get McDavid when Whoa. when we got Gretzky. Yeah, we will oh, right, we, right, we will right, get right. a should have retired maybe a year and a half ago McDavid <laughs> right. when he just wants to take a victory lap and and be good in New York. So and in do about it in New York, right? Yeah, so right, maybe right. in about like you know twenty thirty five. Yeah, twenty thirty five, twenty thirty six. How about, how about this though? How about we, we get? About Eichel. I'm sorry, McDavid. Yeah. And Rodgers next year, New York. Yes. How would that be for New York, man? Going back to Rodgers, I think if he came to New York, he would get a, that that chip on his shoulder would be 
satiated because New York coming out of the pandemic, everything like that, oh, would go be, all in on Aaron Rodgers. He, he would immediately jump to the top of the mayoral race. Yes, yeah. New York City. <laughs> right. if he, uh, if he, Which, if really also going to like football, if Rodgers, because you know, you, the stuff came out with him in the group chat referring to the uh, the GM as the GM. Jerry of the, Krause. Yeah, yeah, right. The GM of the Bulls that time making fun of him. Like, honestly, like, I, I agree with what both of you guys said that he, because I should have made this point earlier, that he definitely could have his best opportunity to win in Green Bay. But the way he's talking about the GM and the coach even, and right. like, oh, maybe we should have went for it like that, it seems like he doesn't even want to win them a title. Like, you know, like, he That's wants right. a title, but does he also want them to get associated with it? Right. It almost seems like he wants to pull a Brady and go somewhere else to win and be like, hey, Belichick, see how I won? He'll do the same thing. Hey, Green Bay, look where right. I won. Right. And it wasn't with That's you. And, and I think to... to to Dad's point, you, you point. made it is to me. This whole thing is Brady envy. Yeah, of course. And, and I get that that he wants to leave for other reasons, but right. let's not forget that when Tom Brady was in New England, he orchestrated behind the scenes Jimmy Garoppolo, who was the Jordan Love to Tom Brady. Go. He got him out. Right. He went above Belichick, and so now I think clearly. Aaron Rodgers wanted to know that he has that kind of power. It's pretty clear that he doesn't, and now right. he's saying, I want out. But to your point, let's say we're talking about trading, like, do you want to be the GM that trades Aaron Rodgers? You know, that's that's the thing. I know it's money-wise. I know it's money-related and things like that. But do you want to be that GM that's going to say, yeah, we can't afford to keep, you know, McDavid as great as it would be to win the Cups and and everything in Edmonton. It may not be... It's going to be a few years before he goes. I know yeah, that. Yeah, he signed like an eight-year deal. But somebody like. down the road, if they can't, or if, you know, getting through the pandemic, and I know everybody's salary cap is down and, and the whole bit, but when teams start to spend money, and they're going to spend money again because they're adding another team anyway, the, the Kraken's coming in, right? And, yeah. And, nice. So... Seattle. Yeah, you get Seattle Is that next in. year, Mike? Yeah. Next right. year's going to be an expansion. So now... Yeah. Liam Mason's going to have a job for a while. Jeez. They're going to wheel him out every game. Just unleash the Kraken. I oh, swear to God. <laughs> but what about now the Rangers? And I don't know how you feel about this. They got rid of their John Davidson was their GM, their assistant GM, and they have Chris Drury now uh, coming in to run the team. The expectations for the Rangers were I, I assume to make the playoffs again this year because they made it last year during the, the shortened thing. Right move, wrong move. I know you... Don't like to see anybody get fired, but you're not upset that the coach got fired. No. You had called that the but day after the seat. Mikey goes, he's out. You had called that right away, and that the next day, he was out. So give me a little breakdown. Up, upset, disappointed. Well, I and, mean... And chime in whoever else, too. On I'm, one hand, Chris Drury, is, uh, he's been great in his role, and a lot of teams have been asking to interview him, and it's I, he ha I guess he had to be promoted GM because a lot of teams wanted him for that role, and he's done a good job. So, on one hand, that's okay, but on the other hand, it was really Dolan got upset that uh, Jeff Gordon and John Davidson had made that statement about there was a fight at the end of the year, players should have got suspended, he didn't. Then the Rangers basically said, we have no confidence in the NHL's player safety. George Parrish should be fired, all this. And then they got fined $250,000 for saying that. But then John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, they brought the Rangers back to one of the quickest rebuilds that has ever happened in the NHL. They 
brought the Rangers back into contention. Anybody who thought the Rangers should be in the playoffs this year, and I'm a diehard Rangers fan, was crazy. Five of the best teams in the league were in the Metro Division this year. The Penguins, the Bruins, the Capitals, the Islanders, I hate to say it. Even the Flyers could be made a, a team that could be better than the Rangers, even though the Rangers finished like they were the fifth team in the East. But realistically, the Rangers had... The second overall pick two years ago, the first overall pick last year, they have a bunch of prospects. They were the youngest team this year based on like current roster age. Their average age was 22 and like a half years old. So anybody who thought they're going to make the playoffs this year was crazy for that. There, there's no way that they, the fact that they almost did was insane. And then you have you throw in. Uh, Mika Zibanejad got COVID in the start of the season. Bucinevich got suspended at the end of the season. Kreider got hurt for the last few games of the season, the last six or seven, when those last six or seven games were like a must-win each game. Panarin, he had to hide from Russia for half of the season yeah. and still finish with the fifth-best points in the NHL, having to take that like leave. It's like... The, they did basically everything you'd want them to do to bring in contention. They got fired and... Can I just bring in the Panarin thing for just a little bit, not to get political, but he really, you weren't kidding, because he stood up for saying things that are going on in in the Soviet Union, Russia, whatever you want to call it, but he had to worry about his family there, so he kind of had to go into hiding in a way? He had had made, like... uh, he was pro Nalvani. Yeah, yeah. Nalv- and uh, that he basically had said like you know just something against Putin. But then so after that happened, he got these allegations were thrown out against him that like he had fought like he had beat up a woman in like Lithuania, and then he paid like two hundred grand to keep it silent or whatever. But then like ex players and ex coaches and all that stuff were saying that never happened and that there was no ever met like not like no medical thing of any girl going in or no police arrest or no it was just basically like a whole thing like like you know just trying to get his name thrown out there and then he was worried because his grandparents live in russia so he had to literally take a leave of absence from the rangers and deal with his whole family situation and everything how many games that could have cost him him not playing oh yeah could have been four five six wins or ties he could have easily won the heart trophy this year for the like league mvp if he if he played all games but there's so many things to unpack with the rest of the nhl like i could like the lightning kind of getting around the salary cap they basically are over the cap so there's a lot of talk about how Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos, two of the best players in the NHL, like easily, they had won the cup with the Lightning, what was it, last season or two seasons ago. What the Lightning are saying is that they were hurt all year and they couldn't play, so now they're both suiting up for game one of the of the playoffs. But they would have been over the salary cap had those two players had played. But the salary cap kind of doesn't take, like, taken effect once it comes to the playoffs Mm. so there's a lot of talk about how the lightning were able to kind of get around being over the Mm. cap and getting no penalty by having both of their star players suit up and both suddenly miraculously be healed from both of their season-long injuries and ready for game one of the playoffs so that's already like a funny thing because the nhl is one of the weirdest leagues in with 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 scheduling with everything with even i like to bring how bettman inducted himself into the hall of fame <laughs> for commissioners like for what the nhl is one of the weirdest leagues 
And, and, that, and this is definitely one from the way of the salary cap. And you were right, Tampa Bay did win it last year. So yeah. they could possibly go back-to-back. Back. Yes, while also getting to the playoffs and being one of the best teams in the league without their two best players. And <laughs> now they're coming in game one and of Mike, the playoffs. If you want to talk about bad for the league, uh, it, Florida being so good at hockey is it's it's, 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 it's I would love for the the Panthers are playing the Lightning the first series. Right. I would love I would love for the Panthers to win. I would like Keith Yandel's on the Panthers. Yeah, I would like old cool Ranger, team. but I would yeah. love if they were able to Joe Quenville, old coach of the Blackhawks, I believe on the Panthers. Right, right, how right. he how great he is to bring so many different teams to like contention. So Mike this NHL regular season two is a little different, where you only played your division to keep yes. it regional, right? Like you didn't do like a full NHL type schedule, like you play like a, a conference team one night, you can go out west. So it's like you were only playing like seven or eight teams all regular season, right? Yes. So that was also another reason, like McDavid. I mean, not McDavid. But like people were saying, like Austin Matthews. Okay, he got the most goals for the for the year and like how great he is people are saying and there's all these different things all these records being broken this year for different like reasons but it's also like i got it you're playing as a forward the same goalies every night there was a time where the rangers played the devils four games in a row it's like when you're playing the same team the same goalies every night you're never going out west like i don't i i consider last year more of a actual season and that was you know with the mm, bubble and everything yeah. then this because i'm like how could you really be a stanley cup winner if you didn't even beat or play at least every Absolutely. team in the league and it's like i hate to be that but this should have the biggest asterisk next right. to it as a stanley right. cup you're a stanley cup winner having gotten to the finals only playing your same regional yeah teams. but and can, it's I so, play, can i play devil's advocate I don't yeah know, i'm sorry i cut no, no, you go off ahead, go ahead, go ahead. so then do you think that what mcdavid did seeing the same goalies the same thing it does that take away then from it, or you think he's he, it, he's just superior? I don't mean to no, be. I don't no, try to no, kill the guy because I love. It's to see a good him. question, but it's honestly it, it it is. I hate to give you like a non like full answer, but it is mm. and it isn't. Like you could definitely say that McDavid could have benefited from the fact that he knows these defensemen, he knows these goalies, he knows right. that. But then. It, on that's one side of it, but then when you see his highlights too, right. like and I've showed you, no, now, I know there's some times where incredible. like he's incredible. He, there's some things that you see that you just know that anybody you could tell you could give like a top player in the league right now this is where the defense will go this is what the goalie's going to do before it happens and they still cannot do what McDavid does on a daily mm-hmm. basis so but I do I mean but honestly if he didn't wasn't playing the same teams same night same goalie same defenseman right. would he get 105 points in 56 games mm-hmm. when last season he got you know, 82 games, you got 104. Right. That's definitely a part of it, too. But I think it factors in. I think McDavid's greatness is his greatness. Right. And it but he also would have played some teams in the East that aren't mm-hmm. that good. He might have got yeah. five goals a game against. Oh, my, if McDavid was playing, like, I, I'm not trying to, the Devils or the Sabres. The right. Sabres are the well, lowest team. He could have lit up for 10 against the Sabres because yeah. they were horrible. Well, you have Mika Zibanejad who had 13 points in two games against the Flyers. So right. you, when you have a player who has a team's number, like if McDavid was playing the Sabres, the worst team in the NHL for points and anything worse record, yeah, he could have gotten. He, <laughs> right. he got he got one assist in the final game of the regular season for him. If he was playing the Sabres, he could have gotten ten more points. You never know with that, you know. So so now the Rangers are looking for a new coach. Yes. Do they need an offensive style coach, a defensive style coach? I mean, this is all because everybody got fired. I assume, right? They got yeah. goaltender coach, the well, his not, assistants, or did they keep some and 
and they fired their they fired the head coach and two assistants, but they kept their goalie coach because he's been with Longquist and now Shesterkin and he Benoit Lair is his name. He has okay. to say they had a defensive coach who they got rid of, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he truthfully should have stayed. He was really really good, and he brought the Rangers back to being one of the best defenses in the league. Uh-huh. But that being said, like you you brought up one time, like Jerry, he's in. He wants to set the tone. He wants to have his own coaches, his own thing. So, I mean, they realistically could have only fired Quinn, but they fired the rest of the, you know, the whole, like, three of the... Uh, they're, now they're, like, trying to get uh, Gerard Gallant from... He used to coach Vegas. He right. brought them to the Cup their first, like, two seasons. Right. He's on the top of the list that they're getting. But what's really happening is the Carolina Hurricanes are really trying hard to re-sign their coach. But he keeps not like he keeps saying like let's wait till the end of the season. Uh-huh. The Rangers are basically praying for the Carolina Hurricanes to get eliminated round one because if they do and their coach doesn't want to resign, you could tell he is the top pick that they want. Now, if he doesn't become available or if he resigns, you could definitely see the Rangers are going to hire the ex uh, Vegas coach. That would but, be that's what they yeah. What about Eric Bieniemy from the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator? No, I don't, like, I don't you know, think he's, he's got it. He, he, he may be talked getting, about, but you know, I... I think the coach from Vegas would be the best... What what the Rangers need going forward. I'm really, really happy that they kept Ben Waller. I didn't know that they kept Ben Waller, but he's been the, the, the goalkeeping coach, yes, essentially since... Yeah, 2005, basically, yes. with Longquist. But now it's just Sterk and who they're saying could be. like I Nobody's going to be Longquist to me, but you have to give credit where credit. He is like, if you had somebody to replace Longquist, I'm happy it's him. He's yeah. definitely going to be one of the best goalies in the league for the next you know, foreseeable future. Sterkin. Yeah, <laughs> no, but the, there was a joke with that where uh, Mika scored like seven points in a game against the Flyers and mm-hmm. the Rangers, like, Twitter... <laughs> wrote like oh king mika yeah. and then he said there's only one king in new york and then he posted henrik lundquist's face and all that and i was like i respect that i dig but, the reverence I but, love I, it. but i mean every the way that like the players made strides on the range like lafreniere kako philip Heedle, brett howden uh adam fox for keandre miller these are all young players most of them their first season they have come like so strides from the start of the season to the end of the season like i'm excited for this team going forward they could definitely be a playoff you know a stanley cup team even in the next season or two but there's a lot of talk of them getting eichel now that brings a lot of problems because then you would have if you got eichel you'd have to sign him uh and then you would have about half of your cap tied up into five players and that would be Kreider, mika eichel panarin and truba and that would be a lot of issues because you would have to re-sign a bunch of young players who could get a lot of money, like Lafreniere, Kako, in like a season or two. Michael, what do you think? Do you think that Eichel could be like almost like a Nash or in some ways even a, a Drury where we get this guy, we think he's going to be the guy and he just, he just, and we waste all this money. And then well, the, there was a podcast recently that Eichel did where he was talking about. Oh, he the wouldn't Sabres. do ours though. No, he was talking, and he was talking about I, I, like oh, fine. You could see some of the cracks like starting to form. He was talking about the organization, how there was like disconnect, how he 
had a neck injury and he wants to have surgery on it, but he says that he's under contract by the team and he has to do what the team says. So there seems like a lot of disconnect. Like the team doesn't want him to have surgery. He wants to have surgery. How long can that keep him out? So there's also like, he's coming off of three seasons where he's had injuries. So that's one thing you have to keep in mind. And I like Eichel and he's a good talent. But how many injuries is going to be too many injuries to the point where when he can can he like play to the same level? But also there is that effect too. He wants to get out of Buffalo, but you're playing at Buffalo. Could he handle the spotlight in New York? That's it. But you also is New York, Mike. Don't I know. I but is he in the right. city? But that's is off he, Broadway. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but so you have that. But then adding with that, you have to think. If you do get Eichel, you're already have to you have to assume you're gonna give up a lot. You have to either give up like Capo Caco or this guy Nils Lindquist, who is like a great defensive prospect that they have. You're gonna have to give up at least two first round picks. And you would have to you're not gonna be able to re-sign a bunch of your skilled players in the next season or two. So if the Rangers do get Eichel this offseason it would be considered a bust if they don't win the cup this next year. Because then how long could you sustain all of these players and their contracts? You couldn't. So you'd have to get him and win now and say that, okay, you bought all in, you went for a cup, you got a cup, and then you have to be happy if you lose a lot of players because you can't get him and keep everybody. The, the getting Eichel would be the traditional Rangers route. We right. get him... We get to, let's say, the second round of the playoff, lose in a grueling game six or seven, and then Eichel gets injured, you know, third week of the season afterwards, and then he's basically done, and we're, we're stuck holding the Yeah, bag. and we're stuck with his, like, eight-year contract yeah. with, you know, crazy, nobody would trade for him because of the high, you know, paying contract. We call that the Martin St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> The Wade well, Redden. Yeah, there's a number of players you could so, throw in there. And Rob Brindamore is the coach of Carolina. Yeah. So he used to play. He was a good hockey player, that guy, too. He played for the Flyers, too. He was a tough He was a tough guy. So they're saying that's the guy. You don't think they would take internally a coach to the Rangers, then you think? No. It seems it like they already, from... they've already interviewed five coaches, the top of which being the old Vegas coach. But you can tell... If the Rangers wanted Gallant, they would have signed him. Nobody's like interviewed for him, really. Right. If the Rangers wanted him, they could have gotten him the day after they interviewed him. They're waiting to see until after the playoffs. They want to see who becomes available. Right. And they really want that Carolina coach. I wouldn't be upset. He's a good coach. I mean, Carolina's become annoyingly good in their past. I mean, they swept the Rangers last playoffs. Right. But also, they have Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, two amazing players. Like, you have to consider two. But on the same coin, the Rangers got Lafreniere. They have Heedle. They have Kako. So they're trying to, I guess, assume that he can coach their young players as well as he coached the Carolina young players. And this is also assuming he doesn't want to re-sign with Carolina because they are aggressively pursuing another three-year deal with him. So so now for the, the playoffs in general, your picks to make it, you think T- Tampa Bay repeat? Do they make it to the finals? Is the because I heard the uh, Avalanche is like the number one, like one of the best teams in the West. Or are they there? I have seen be... Avalanche being picked to be in the finals. There is like there's a few storylines you almost want to root for because as much as there was the whole thing at the end of the season with Tom Wilson and the big fights with the Rangers and how he tried to injure Panarin and how he should have been suspended and all that. But then if the Capitals win the Stanley Cup. Lundqvist would have his name on the cup. So, 
and I know it's be it. I originally didn't think that he would because he didn't play a game for them, but right. there was something with him being on long-term injury reserve because of how he had a heart surgery since before the season. He, so he would have his name on the cup, which would suck, but then he would also get to say he retired with the cup, right. which I know Lundqvist, he wouldn't even almost consider because yeah, he'd yeah, want to fight. Right. But it's like, as a Rangers fan, it would be such a, and I know we joke about this, who's better, Richter or Lundqvist. To have Lundqvist retire Once without a cup. cup one does not swap myself. Yeah. <laughs> to, to have Lundqvist retire without a cup would be like an insult to his career for how good he's been and how consistently the best. Like, there was an argument to be made that his 09 2010 season was one of the best seasons for a modern day goalie ever in the NHL, ever. But the number, his save percentage, his numbers, his game, he played, I think, all like. 76 out of the 82 games that season like his no rings though you know yeah there was conservatively i want to say five seasons where the rangers wouldn't have gotten anywhere yeah without mm-hmm. lundquist like i know that i love lundquist but that guy, there's a reason why he 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 yeah. held that team together so through it's some like shaky seasons part of me would like i don't i don't like the capitals i don't like tom wilson i don't like uh you know alex ovechkin but carl Hagland, who i love he would win another cup he'd yeah. win his third Ove- uh, Al lundquist would win his first that's one thing i'd love to see right. and the capitals do have a the uh, the ability to make it there but I would love to see Connor McDavid win his very first cup. He has the path to do it. He's going to face off against, uh, I believe he's facing off the Jets the first season, the first series. Uh-huh. Or, so he has the ability to do it too. Some people are saying they would love the Maple Leafs to win it. They have one of the longest droughts in the NHL. They also have Jason Spezza, who's a league veteran. He's never won. Joe Thornton, who left from the Sharks to get there. But then you also have Marner, who's considered one of the top three best players in the league. You have Austin Matthews, the best goal scorer in the league. That's a good team that could make it. But I'm, I'm, I would love, me personally, for McDavid to win this first cup. Yeah, I'd either like the the Leafs or Edmonton win. I would like for the Leafs just because how long has it been since the Leafs has won a Stanley Cup? And I mean, like, it's sacred there. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I think that. They're... But there's also five teams though, right now. There's the the Winnipeg Jets, Florida Panthers, not the same, the Minnesota Wild, and the Nashville Predators, and then there's one other team. Oh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So there's five teams in the playoffs right now that have never won a Stanley Cup. So that's also I'm. It's like I know I have a lot of teams here, like the Capitals, uh, the the Vegas, but it's like I would love a team that never won. Also, like, right, Edmonton yeah. is against Winnipeg in the first round. I don't. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's like I. So that's a th- like I would love if McDavid won a cup, but I'd also love if Winnipeg made it because they've never won a cup. I'd love if the Wild made it because they've never made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I would love if you know, like it's to me. You had the Blues win it their first cup in the past five seasons. You had the Lightning. Even though they won in the early 2000s, they didn't win for a while. You had the Capitals win their first one, and like uh, you know, Ovechkin got his first. It's cool to see these teams. You had Vegas go to their first Stanley Cup in their first season. Yeah. You had the cool. Sharks go to their first Stanley Cup in their whole league history in the past couple of years. The Nashville Predators went to their first finals in the past few years. Like, I would love to see a team that's never won won it. Also, that's just so interesting to me to see like a new franchise. You know. So that's but so. That, but if you had to pick, if you had to say not with your heart, but just knowing your your knowledge of hockey, what what do you got? Like, 
What do you think? I East, could, West. I could see it being Vegas, Carolina in the finals. Vegas, wow. Carolina. Yes. Wow. That would be a funky, wow. interesting. That would final. be a funky one. Vegas, Carolina. Yeah. I would big love... hockey town, Carolina. <laughs> well, yeah. they will if they win. You know. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, because you know, you can't always count. Oh, uh, was it Malkin was missing the whole regular season, but now he's back too for the Penguins. So there's a lot of like ifs with a lot of teams, but I could see those two teams making the finals. Just, just to put Carolina in. Um... The, the, how, how much it costs to go to a playoff game in Carolina? When I when we when we were really really into the Rangers, I looked into tickets to see the Rangers play. They're playing Carolina in the first round. Right. This is maybe six years ago now. To fly to Carolina and get tickets like maybe three rows back from the glass right. was still about a hundred dollars less than trying to get than Rangers trying to get Rangers tickets. playoff tickets here. Well, that was even true. And that was like sitting way up. That was yeah, sitting yeah, up yeah, in like yeah. in the. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no like, bad seats in the garden, but this was it's actually the, sitting outside. Yeah, right. and right. the same thing. Wherever was true. Dad was at the Frampton concert. Exactly. Was, yeah, when I walked outside, the same thing yes. was true with the exactly. uh, when the Rangers played the Kings in 2015. It was cheaper instead of for us being in New York to mm-hmm. go to the garden. It was cheaper for us to fly to L.A. And get like yep. rinkside seats. That's that insane. T- like, and I'm talking like day of flight you're paying, not like months of event. You're doing that. It was cheaper to go to the mm-hmm. L.A. King Stadium, and but that's that's the double-edged sword of being a Rangers fan. You love it, but how could I realistically ever afford to see the Rangers in the gone, playoffs? I think I've seen five Rangers games. I think yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I I think great. I've, I've but... never seen a never seen a playoff game that's i've seen of a lot of regular season games never seen the playoffs. so you've game. got carolina vegas i would i would what's like your to winner just to go out on the limb because oh well if it, this will be out there forever mike so when you're yeah. dead on with this we can always go back and say oh listen mike wa- is right watch there. both of these teams get eliminated in the first round you're but if it is carolina vegas i would go vegas i would love Vegas, and that's not, that's partly me going with my okay. I would like to see them, but also with Vegas, if they make it to the finals or win. Since it's I a gambling kind of gambling town, Vegas and seven, like lucky yeah. seven for the Vegas, yeah. for the Vegas. Uh, I mean, they have a goalie tandem with Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury. They both combined to win the the. Uh, Award this year in the NHL was for it the, the Vesna least. trophy for well, not the, goalie. I'm sorry, no. No, it was like I forget what the title is of it, but it wasn't the Vesna, but it was like the goalie forgetting the fewest amount of goals allowed. So they combined to let in the fewest. They do amount have a of lot goals. of awards in the NHL. I always like the Lady Bing, the Lady Bing, yeah, the nicest the, guy, the nicest brother. Yeah, start like, off anything with Lady, you know, yeah, it's yeah, the Lady be a nice Bing award. trophy. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, so it was like they they combined for the lowest amount of goal goals allowed this season. So I I mean they're a tough team to score against. So now we're just going to transition a little bit from the NHL to the NBA. Mm. All right, so Steven, so Zach, right? You got this yeah, I got Zach. You got this all covered. You you know me. Chris, Talk about Chris Russell Paul. Westbrook. Right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like some of, some of this. Chris Paul actually. The, the second seeded Suns in the Western Conference. Oh God! Can he, he just get a? He this is his best shot. So that this is as wide open an NBA playoffs as I can remember. Right. I, I have no clear and obvious front runner. I mean, to me, if the Nets are healthy and that whole thing could work out with the three of them, right? With Harden, Durant, Irvin, um, they're obviously the most talented by far. Right. The only problem is they don't play any defense. So their defense is basically we're going to outscore you, which that's probably – it just may well work. But if you have another team that can score a lot of points 
who's going to make that stop? Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing I worry about Before with, we with get the Nets. Too big in this. Can you explain to me the play-in? Because a lot of players are having issues with the playoffs. I, I, I can't explain. So you might have to edit. I, no, I can't totally explain. Yeah, I don't get the play-in. I know. I know. There's I know, causing a lot of like, rift between the players. I know. There's like the what is it? So the it's seven, Golden's, eight, nine, and ten. All seven, eight, play nine, in. and ten play. Yes. So they're playing. So seven plays ten, eight plays nine. Yes. The exactly. winner of those two games. Yes. Or become eight, the eight, not the the seventh and eighth. Yes. The, the, the seeds yeah. that are going to play in it. Uh, yes. Now last year, then they made a big deal. This is great. We got more guys. This year, everybody's like, "Why are we doing this?" Well, two yeah. of the biggest proponents of it, LeBron James and Mark Cuban. Right. The Lakers uh, find themselves in it, so LeBron James is right. against right. it. Right, And when it looked like the Mavericks were going to be in that yeah. 7, 8, 9, 10 bracket, right. Mark Cuban all of a sudden was against it. Right. So it is interesting. That's yeah, fun. so it's 7 plays 10, 8 plays 9, and those two make up the, the, yeah, the seats to get in that, there. I've been seeing that just everybody was against it, but I'm like, wasn't everybody for it a season ago? So right. that's why I just wanted a little... Yes, yeah, it, it is a little was, strange thing. Just, but I think they're also doing it so nobody could tank. Like at the yes, end of the year, this was the whole thing. Basically, it was 100%. like we're not, we want to lose, you know, sixty and it games so we the get the first a little bit, right? You know, it raises the it gets the interest going in, and and I agree with the Nets and and the defense thing that you're, you're talking about, Steve, because they could score with anybody. But it seems like not only they have issues staying healthy, sometimes it's just like mental issues with sure <laughs> with like. Kyrie during the season goes for a couple of. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know I where I'm going. I mean, you had Stephen A. Smith earlier this season saying Kyrie Irving should retire. Right. You know. Right. So, right. Right. So, to, what's interesting about to to touch on some of the, the the like the hockey points Mike was making, this season, not that it's an asterisk season, but you have to look at it in context. Right. It was one of the shortest off seasons. Right. The amount of injuries this season has done to me, and I love the NBA. Love it. Um, and I'm always for player empowerment. I'm for people, you know, taking their load management time. But just the sheer amount of injuries this year. Yes. Kai, Clay, Clay Thompson missed the entire season. Right. Kevin Durant missed a huge chunk of it. Embiid, who was looking like the runaway MVP, gets hurt at the worst time. LeBron James got hurt. Anthony Davis got hurt. The, 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 the Denver Nuggets made a great trade for Gordon. Right. He gets hurt. Um, down the, soft tissue and hamstring things like that. Things you know, like that that I think that Donovan Mitchell, Donovan right? Mitchell gets right. hurt. Thank you. So many other, so many injuries this year. Right. I think bogged down this regular season, mm -hmm. and it makes to the point I was trying to make earlier as wide open and, right. and which is great for the playoff for a playoff scenario because a lot of times the NBA playoffs feels like a coronation yeah. where, you know, for years it was the Warriors were definitely going to win it. Last year, you know, the Lakers were clearly the best team in the league right. and they, they won it. Right. So this year, I you know, to me, the Nets are the best talented group. But right. it this Nets team reminds me a lot of, the, interestingly enough, the Suns team that the coach used to play on, uh, Steve Nash, where they had by far the best offense. Right. They had a talented, uh, as talented a roster as anybody had. They just couldn't play any defense, and that stopped them in the playoffs. So that's why I'm not 100% sold on the Nets as the favorite. I don't know if scoring 140 points each game is sustainable. Would the Sixers be your next in so the East, then? So in the East, 
I love what the Sixers did. Right. If Embiid can stay healthy, I think bringing in Daryl Morey as the GM and him bringing in shooters around them like Danny Green right. and Seth Curry with someone like Ben Simmons who sets up people for open shots. Uh-huh. I have to – a team that I loved at the start of the season, I, my sleeper team in the East is the Atlanta Hawks. I'm not just saying that because they're like they were the team I picked before the season. No, a lot I of love you know, it's, it's it's I've I've heard the Hawks and I was like, what do you? But well, what I love about good, them good. too is you look at the the way their roster is constructed with a young Trey Young who reminds a lot of people of Steph Curry the way he can pull up from right, anywhere on the court. Right. But he actually leads the league this year in runners running in running in the lane. But right. on top of that, he has uh, Bogdanovich they brought in the off season. Peter Bogdanovich. Yes, Peter Bogdanovich. <laughs> yes. He's playing in the NASCAR. Uh, <laughs> yes. He is that. that that's a big story this season. That's uh, Gallinari, right? Uh, uh, Herder, uh, the the rookie that that they have. So they have three or four shooters, and they have uh, a Clint Capella who's led the league in, the, in in rebounding. Just because they got four shooters, and he could sit under the basket in yep. a game where everybody stretches out, and he's kind of a more standard post center. Uh, it fits with that offense because you get those second chance shots that I could see the, the the Hawks making a run at it, particularly too because and this is no offense, I just don't think that the game of Giannis Antetokounmpo has has uh, evolved to the level where he can lead a team through the playoffs. I right. haven't seen that that and unfortunately in the NBA you do need a three point shot from your best player. Uh, uh, to be able to be a real threat, and that hasn't evolved just yet, and that's what's stopping the Bucks from going yeah, that, they really were like, good in, to great. The yes. beginning of the year, yes. they were like, "Well, this he's got to be MVP, whatever," and and then they're going to go. There's no question yep. until you know, or they're going to battle the Nets. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. So, so I, I agree with that. It, yes, it, to yes. me, I, if I had to pick who's going to win the East, I would say that the Sixers are the best, only because, look, the Nets again. They have the most talented roster. There's just That's something unsustainable. Nets have the most talent, but the 100%. Sixers are the tighter team, you think? I would, I would say so. I have to, again, though, I have to caveat health. Right. If Embiid goes down, I can't right. pick the Sixers. And my heart, I love the Hawks before the. They're like my favorite team in the league right now this year. I love, I've never been like a, a, a team fan. I've always been a player right. fan. Right. Uh, but to me, uh, my heart tells me the Hawks. My head tells me the Sixers, but I could I could really see realistically three fourteen. But it's wide, it's wide, wide but, open. But again, but like we cannot said. forget the fact that Steve Nash is the only person to be referenced in a Nelly Furtado song, and that's something that we should we should that's bring up there. Go with it, is he, I mean, I can't confirm that independently. Uh, can you gain no, MVP like Steve no, Nash? No, I I can confirm that he girl. was. Reference. I just can't confirm the, the only. only. That's right. all I'm saying. Oh, I wow. can't say that there's the only. Yes, I can't right. confirm because that there the might Steve have been a name thrown by you that you're not yes, familiar exactly. with. Besides, you know. Well, it's like Nasher. Well, yeah. I know that Steve Nash is Canadian, and so is Nelly Furtado. So I feel like well, the okay, le- level so. of Canadian NBA players is probably a pretty shallow pool, and how many of them have gained MVP? <laughs> right, have gained but, MVP. Mikey, uh, you were going to say something tonight. Oh, I was just going to say before, like the same thing you're saying about the Sixers can be said about the Nets if Durant goes down because he's injury prone. A hundred percent. That's why it's very, very wide open this this season. And, and what's odd is if I had to pick to, to switch over to the West Coast, and this is no offense to the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns, right. the Denver Nuggets, right. they're all, the, those are the top three teams in the West. If they're healthy, 
I can't pick against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I get that they'll have to play in the playing game series. And this is no offense to uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, who oh, probably should Denver. be the yeah, MVP yeah, yeah. of the league this year. Um, I'm sorry, I can't pick. Particularly, I would be prepared to pick the Nuggets if Gordon didn't go down. But because he went down, and let's say... Um, Anthony, again, I have to caveat LeBron James and Anthony Davis healthy. I cannot put it this against way. them. If healthy, every team going in healthy, I agree with you. I think the Lakers are going to win the thing. I, really I, I think do. that at least they'll win the West. And by the way, Zach mentioned him earlier. Uh, Chris Paul, yes. the, the, the two-seated Phoenix Suns. I would love to see the Phoenix because this again, this is the most wide open I've ever. When have seen. they ever been relevant to Phoenix Suns? Not they, since I mean, Steve Nash. Exactly. So you know, Chris Steve Paul Nash. goes. He's like a break. You know, he's teaching them. We can do this. Maybe we can win this. You know, or or get farther along. Because Phoenix, please, without Chris Paul, I couldn't. You know, on a lineup, I couldn't pick out some of those guys. I, I really, you know, I, you can't. But Chris Paul has made them interesting and made them winners. I mean, for them to be second in the West. That's pretty good, it, you know, in that division part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I could see out of the West, I could see, obviously, the Jazz or the Suns winning it, the right. Nuggets winning, the Clippers winning it, the Lakers winning it. It, it you know, It's really that wide it, open. To me, it is, the, again, it is the most wide open I, in my lifetime, ever remember the NBA playoffs being because it's always yeah. so top-heavy. But this year, I can't guarantee that the top seed is the best. Team. I think the Clippers will find a way to to, they, to, to they, fail. They always do they for some do. reason. As long as they still play in the four until they get their own stadium or their own arena to play in, playing in the Great Western Forum where the Lakers play, having those banners up all the time. I don't know if they take them down after. It's not your place. They have to get their own identity, and they'll never be, you know, the Lakers unless they win multiple championships. So, but I, I it's, the Clippers are. Close, but I think they'll fade. It, they always so, do. But again, I don't know. I you know, it's so hard to analyze it again because I have to go back to the COVID factor right. oh, because yeah. I I have to think that some of the injuries have to do with the short off season, the lack of time of training. Yeah, there's nothing. Again, I'm not an expert on, particularly in the medical field, but right. I, I just can't see how else there were so many injuries this year that. Has made this this particular playoff so hard I, to to actually. I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Utah ends up playing uh, Golden State in the first round. Yeah, no. That that, that, that Golden, Golden State, State upset. They can very easily beat them because they are a good switching team. Like you have to play Curry. You're gonna bet against Steph Curry, right? Come on. They like to switch, do a lot of picks and whatever, and, and, and run a lot. And you've got to play with Curry and run Curry and do the whole thing. And they are, they're good on switching defense to the, you know, Golden State. And to follow Curry around for, you know, 48 minutes a night, that's tough. He Because he can score, you know, he's done more, and people have talked about this, Curry has done more to change, like, shooting and, and stop. He gives everybody hope in the end, and you know, that wants to play, you know, pro basketball now. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody could be like Mike, but anybody, you know, not that anybody could shoot. I don't mean it that way. No, I know. But he's I know like, hey, I'm not six whatever. I'm not the physically imposing. I'm not the fastest guy. But you know what? If you work on your shot, you could be, you know, if you've got a team that goes that could screen and pick for him and do the things he does because he just continual constant motion. Dad, nobody, and, and 
I, I do not say this lightly. Nobody, in my view, has changed basketball, yeah. at least in the modern era, more than Steph Curry has. Absolutely. Because he changed the... the they changed the math in the sport. Where now everybody is taking three, and oh, yeah. some people don't like it. But I actually like that you could watch an NBA game and and Trey Young or Damian Lillard can just pull up from thirty two feet. That's just I it. think that's exciting. You're not even taking threes from just over the line. No, that, You're taking threes from way downtown. You know that's the difference. Where the idea where Damian Lillard two years ago in the playoffs, is hitting a step-back three <laughs> yeah, with it, with Paul George's hand in his face from 36 feet. Yep. Like, that thought, that shot would have been unimaginable even two years before that. So, when I was growing up, you had the center. That was your key. That was your guy. Get it down low. Get it in the blocks. Get your two. Kick out sometimes for the three when it came into play. But it was always the center was your guy. Now look what you've got. You got Curry running around scoring 35, 40. And if Klay Thompson was there, you wouldn't see as much of this from, from, from Steph. But he's got to do it now. You put Klay Thompson, which is a big, big part of their success, too. Because that One guy of my favorite him. players ever. Sweet shot. Can hit the three from anywhere. From anywhere. And that was a big part. But you're seeing a game that, that Curry is playing now that you wouldn't see if he was there. And other guys have talked about that. It's not just me saying No, it, I know. He is that good where he can say, okay, you need me to get 35, 40 tonight? I, you know, 50, whatever. But he's not he's not just a shooter to shoot it. Like, he's not a ball hog. He's, if it's not there or it's called, I got to do it. This is what, what Curry can do. But he has changed the NBA. And everybody thinking you could play in the NBA more than... Like Michael. You knew you couldn't do what Michael Jordan did. But if you work hard and work at your game, you could be with Steph Curry if you exactly. work on it and, and have that desire. Can I ask like a super rudimentary question here? Does Steph Curry and LeBron James play the same position? Or do they play different positions? No, they're, they're different. They're well, close. well, hmm. well, technically LeBron James is a point guard, whether you want to call him that or not. Because but. in basketball, I don't understand the positions. Really. I mean, well, you know being Here's the thing, though, to Dad's point, what I'm trying to say is the NBA is almost positionless in a sense now yeah, because everybody shoots the three-point shot now. Right. It used to be, right, Dad, you had a, a down-low center, you had a power forward, you had a shooting forward, forward. a two-guard and a point guard, and everybody right. kind of... Now everybody's interchangeable because everybody shoots, and I actually love that style of game. That right? sounds pretty interesting. See, like, the, like the two best guards you can maybe say, best point guards going back were Magic mm -hmm. Johnson... And Isaiah Thomas, because Isaiah Thomas was six foot, six foot one, but a distributor. Magic was the same way. Now, Steph Curry can be a point guard. LeBron could be a point guard. You could be a point forward now. It's, right. These guys are six eight, six nine, seven feet, bringing the ball across court. It doesn't. They're all good ball handlers now. Where before it was, right. your one guard brings it up, your other guards in a spot. Get it to the big guy down low, yep. or kick it out mm -hmm. to like your shooting, you know, your right. shooting guard, or the, or your 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 shooting forward. Don't get it to. You had one guy that was going to rebound. Your center was going to be the other guy. To, now they all, everybody can shoot. Do you find that that makes all the players be a little bit more nuanced, better better skill in all of the players? Because now anyone's in a position where if I'm, you know. At the line, I can shoot and possibly get a three throw. It's not just people just I'm shooting all the time and it's no flying like me shooting, shooting right. It's it, it's it's made you made big men realize 
we can do what the small guys were doing 10, 15, 20 years ago. And the small guys realizing and they have didn't to do it. And have, and to, have do it. to do it now. Because before it was like, well, the bigger we are, mm-hmm. now you've got Curry 6'1", 6'2", not a big dude, but you got to stay with him and you're going to, like I said, he comes off screens, he comes off picks, he's 32 feet out, you got to run around and follow this guy, and he's draining threes from half court, basically. That's what he's done to change the game. That's why the NBA has changed that way. Three-point line, I think, is going to be moved out sooner than later. I agree. Than later. I agree. Because now anybody You're probably going to get rid from. of the corner three, I would think. Yeah, yeah. Because it's the shortest. Make it maybe it. The, the Olympic one yeah. or something. Because these guys now are deadly. You know, mm-hmm. where it used to be, wow, you can only have certain guys. You have center. You know, like Kevin Durant, seven feet tall. He could bring the ball across court right. and shoot a three. It's amazing. Well, now... 30 years ago, you didn't see a seven-footer bringing it across and then, you know what I mean? Come on. Dad, imagine a decade ago I told you a player like Antetokounmpo, Giannis was going right. to exist. Right. Seven-footer can play one to five right. because of his size, his speed, his strength. Yeah. Yep. He's almost positionless at his speed. Yeah. And I, I don't, that's not a diss. I mean, no, he could play all five play positions. Yeah. It's he can like, bring the ball up. He can, it's, it, he and could play down on the blocks. He could play out. You know, I'd say he could be your center if he has to be to, to, to rough somebody up, or he can come out and you got to play with him, which is harder to defend too, because you've got, I can't get out there and cover this guy. He's moving around like a like a gazelle out there, but he can also go to the basket if he needs to and throw one down over people to do the and, intimidation. And what's that he can insane do also. is it almost feels like that. Not that I'm. This is in no way to unfend him because he's such a great player but he's just shy because he can't hit that he's not right a knockdown three-point shooter yep. and in a game where everyone's shooting threes you need to do it to keep up right so it, it's almost like his skill set it's not mismatched to the time but even all he could do for me to really believe in the Bucks, he needs to do that he's get right, better. Right. And I, I just don't have confidence that the Bucks can keep up with the Nets or the Sixers right now. When Jordan was great, Jordan could go to the hole. He can hit everywhere. When Jordan got older, he said, look, I can't fly like I used to, but I can hit. I can move out and hit my 15, 18, 24. I can do that, like change the game. This guy's got to be able to say, I can hit my mid-range. i got to go out and hit a three. That's the key for me. Because everybody, it's a three, it's a three-point league now. Yeah, it's you know, jams mm-hmm. are great, and you know, like mm-hmm. the posterizing of another player. But everybody's like, we gotta hit, this. we gotta shoot the three. Even we LeBron James three. has changed his game to to become a much better three-point shooter over year over the because years. Because the thing is, too, he doesn't want to hear about other guys doing it. You have to work at it too. Yeah. it's like I can't believe guys can hit thirty-five, like you're saying, thirty-five. I can't even to, believe but it. At the free throw line, they're sixty percent free throw shooters. You know that's the weirdest thing. To they can nail one from thirty-three feet, thirty-five feet, whatever it is. But they get to the line, they're sixty percent shooters. And you're like, I wonder if that's the pressure. If like, there's nothing there. So well, there's pressure. It. Like I mean, in I the get, la- yeah, I guess yeah. But last minute shot, you got to take a three to win the game. There's pressure. Yeah. But I think it's more they'd rather work at the three than work at the line. You know what I mean? Because it's important. Because like you were saying too, if you play defense is important. The playoffs, NBA playoffs, and like the NHL too, get a little bit more defensive. You're a little tighter. You're, you're hitting more and whatever. You get to the line. You practice it. Those two points at the line or could make or break a game because you don't see 140, 135 in, in, in playoff games. You don't see like six to three shootouts in NHL games. Everything gets tighter because one game can make or break the series where 
during the season you're not working as much. You know what I mean? Because, you know, all right, we got, you know, the Sacramento Kings. We could put 140 up on a bet, you know. So, But things get more intense and more pressurized. Now, the one question I have, too, on that, and I'll ask both of you guys because you've seen it at, at different times in, in the history of basketball. You hear a lot of older players now saying that the game's kind of soft like you, you'll hear that with football players yeah. which right. i think is kind of a lot that's kind of like grumbly yeah. almost like again also i Look know at this the way much. lebron is treated when he goes to the basket i don't want to like the nba is it's still a rough sport i don't i don't Exa- you know. yeah I, I i the reason i asked that is because i wonder does any of that lead to this new style of play well the nba has changed you can't hand check like you used to right you can't look when you went down the lane in the 70s the 80s, with it, even with the nine, you know, with the the Pistons and the Bad Boys and everything like that, or the Knicks right. or whatever. When you went down the lane and you went up for, you were going to get hit. That was the way it was. Right. You were going to get slammed around. Is it? It's it's more nuanced now. The defense was the key. We want to. You scored a hundred points. You know, 20, 30 years ago. Wow, that's a lot of points. Now. Until the Showtime Lakers. Now you get 115, 120, 125. What they're saying, the older players are like. There's no way that Steph is going to come down the lane and not like, because Isaiah Thomas would try it, but, you know, he'd get smacked around. But you know what? He kept doing it. I don't think these players are any softer. I think you adapt to what it is. I think Steph Curry could play in the 70s, the 90s, the 2000s, because he would adapt to the style of the game. I think LeBron could have played in the 70s, 80s, whatever, because look at physically. That would be a center back in the day. Now he's a forward. He's a guard. So, yeah, but if these guys got real physical at the height, they'd be hurt all the time. But nobody was doing what Steph was doing at the time. No. Where, like, you didn't have to guard 30 feet out. Right. But that's what I'm saying. You would adapt to the way, like, if he's saying, geez, I'm going down the lane here and I'm getting crushed. Now, the three-point shot wasn't always there, but let's say the three-point shot's in. and, and So Curry's going to say, well... If I can hit it from 30 feet for three points, why do I want to drive to the basket, get my head taken to me when I can for two points and maybe not even get a foul called on me? So what it's done, the three point has obviously made it more scoring and opened it up, and they also take away the physical play that they want. The same thing for the NHL, Michael. I mean, you used to go like that last game the Rangers played against the Capitals when they, everybody's dropping because of the, the incident that happened. The fights begin. That was hockey in the 70s. Something happened. There was retaliation. That game, next game, game after it. The same in the NBA. You come down a lane, you're going to pay for that shot. Yeah. Now they're more like, these guys are making a ton of money. You know, it's all, They were making it equivalency now to, you know, to then and now. But you got guys coming down a lane, go ahead. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll make it up the next time or whatever. Now it's like... We're going to shoot from three. We're going to make the three. Why not? Why do we want to get beat up? But playoffs, it'll get a little bit tenser and tighter. Yeah, I was just wondering if there's anything to that argument at all. Because, like, I, again, I don't have much to compare it to, but I just thought that was... So, Stephen, what do you think now? I, I think sure. you're leading Lakers. So, again... But it's wide... It's, this is, again, wide know, open. Right. 
Uh, if I guess there's no I, clear cut. Let's put it that's this way. The thing. There's no. There's clear no Golden cut. State. There's no Bulls of the '90s. That's you know exactly what I mean? it. There's no. This is not the Heat or the Spur. Like you know the the, the LeBron James Heat, the Golden State Warriors with Steph. Clay. It's kind of like what Mikey was saying. You'd, there's storylines exactly. that you'd like to see guys win. Like so, in the NHL, you Mikey had storylines. You got them in the NBA. Do we want to see LeBron win again, or would we rather see? The Miracles Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul win. You know, I would love for, because I think Chris Paul is one of the best point guards ever. And I right. know we, we always make this point about, well, no, he doesn't have a ring. You know, and right. some, some I got have you. Ring, so you so you unvalidate them. I would love to see Chris Paul do it. And I think with a young player like Devin Booker, he has a good wingman in him. Uh, that, the, that I could, like the thing is. I could see the Jazz winning it. I could see the Suns winning it. The Nuggets, the Lakers, the Sixers, the Nets. I, I, I could see any of those six teams winning right. it. There's, and, you know, I could see the Clippers winning it. I could see just because it's so wide open to me this year, and because health is such a question that it's hard. But it's hard for me looking at the rosters, and if you tell me they're healthy, it not being Lakers, Nets, Nets. I, if if you tell me Anthony Davis and LeBron James are do healthy, do you see that? And because I want to get to the tease we had. I know we have the, the no, big no, thing. Yeah. Do you do you think the Knicks can make some kind of? So a I'm run glad you ended them because I want. I was going to end it with the Knicks because I, 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 I wanted to I, ask I, about for Jesus and Marrow if the Knicks have I, any chance. I got to say I'm very happy for for New York basketball fans. I know growing up in New York, I know so right. many loyal Knicks fans who have been Knicks fans through the hardest days. Right. Look, they're going to draw the Hawks, my team, you know, right. the so it's a team Hawks that I love. First round, yeah. Yeah. I, to be honest, I want to I will say this at least. I think Julius Randle should be the MVP of the, of the league this year. Okay. Just because of the Knicks uh how much they grew in he one won't year. Be, he, 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 he won't be, but he won't be. I I think at the end of the day it's going to be Jokic, but it's going to be Jokic not because he's not outstanding, right. but by process of elimination. Julius Randle made the Knicks relevant again. I, exactly. That's the thing. And and again, I know this year was more or less a full regular season, quote-unquote. Right. But there is still that asterisk with COVID where, again, how many people got injured just because there was a two-month offseason? Right. You know, where, where you had a long playoffs for a lot of these guys. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, some of these guys got hurt because they just had, you know, a short offseason, long, right. uh, you know, long postseason. But to me, if, if I were given a vote, and eventually when this podcast does, I would have voted for Julius Randle to be the MVP of the okay. league. And look, I could totally see the Knicks beating the, the Hawks. So, um, they play good defense. I could I could see the well, Knicks making a run. Well, that's not bringing defense. Absolutely, 100%. So do 100%. you think they could make, it's a one and done, they're in, they win one round, but they can't go? Or they could make conference finals, they could be if, you know. I could see them making a conference final. I don't okay. think they're good enough. To again, this is the again. I have to caveat every. I know this is bad, and well, they would be bad. your dark horse for like. Yeah, the, of let's just say I could see if them everything broke, the... and the Nets. You know, Kyrie decides I'm going to go see if the world is flat or round again, <laughs> or and take some time off. That there may be a chance where the Knicks could make their so run. They're going to be at the four or five, right? Which would mean that they draw my beloved Atlanta Hawks, right? Um, if they, I could easily see them beating the Hawks, right? Right. Um, so that would mean that they would either draw the Sixers or the Nets, right, uh, okay. in the next round, yeah. which would be crazy, right? N Nets, Nets, Knicks, N Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn in the house. And let's say, uh, well, right now actually the Sixers are the number one seed, so right. they, they would they would draw, in my view, the better team. Um, but let's say Embiid gets hurt, right? 
I can right. see the Knicks beating the Sixers in that scenario. Right. They right. have uh, they they play good defense. I think the Sixers are obviously the better team. Right. Um, but I, I could see the Knicks make. It. I don't think they they have enough to make it out of a conference. But I could see them winning a series or two easily. All right. Easily. So easily. Just to say, Lakers, you're more confident than the Lakers in the West than any team in the East, or uh, vice versa. There's it's Sixers East. I know that it's wide open. I, Let's, I, yeah. If you tell me LeBron and AD will be healthy through right. the playoffs, how am I going to pick against them? Right. It's like picking against Brady. How LeBron's am I going to pick against them? I would love to say for Zach, for for him, I would love to say that I think the Suns have enough with Chris Paul. Okay. I'm just not there. Okay. I'm just what, not there. What do you think and what would you like then? Would they be the same? Would you like to see Lakers, Nets? That would be the I best. I think that would also be the best for the league. Too. Right. But if New you York, had LA. your drellers, would it be Clippers, Hawks? You mean it, to me, or if, Suns, if, Hawks? Would okay, that so be your... I, I, th- I have to flip flop on earlier because I think I picked the Sixers earlier, but I do. I, I kind of talked myself into it that I think the Nets are going to make it out of the okay. East, okay. and I think that the Lakers are going to make it out of the West. So you like pretty much the prohibitive, almost, yeah. or the second favorites. Okay. But, but if you had a, like, if I could pick, I'd say if you'd say Hawks, we, Suns would be. If I could pick anybody. All right, Hawks and Suns. So now I know we teased it earlier. And that was a good breakdown, both NBA and NHL guys, because you knew a lot more than I I knew about that. So thank you, because I didn't have to sound uh, dummy like I sometimes am. But somebody had a tailored suit made that's sitting around this table. There's, there's, There's nothing that ties into the white hot intensity of both the NHL and NBA playoffs. Okay. As. Me going to get a suit made. A suit made. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I got my first tailor-made suit. And for you know our listeners, I, I like suits, but I've never owned a tailor-made one. So I, I designed, in quotation marks, a suit and, and got it tailored and got into a, a, a very polite argument with my tailor. Because he did not think that I understood my body. Knew your body as, better. As, you know, nobody knows your body better Nobody than you, knows the body like me. Better. I'm yeah, very, yeah. Uh, very picky. But if anybody is interested, it's modeled after the Tom Ford uh, suit from the movie Skyfall and the early suits of the uh, James Bond uh, Goldfinger movie. So it's nice mid-gray, which is my mm. favorite color for uh-huh. a suit. Uh-huh. Uh, I like to wear it with a clean shirt and a gray tie. That's very much well, a clean like... clean shirt is always important, though. Clean right? white <laughs> shirt, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, clean, like, clean you know, white You don't want to wear it with a dirty tee. No, it doesn't love go the with ketchup stain like you just went to a Knicks you game. Know, and and while we're on the thing of it. fashion, Mike bought a pretty cool shirt yesterday, too. Which I dig. I, I'm I dig telling it. you, it looks like a... When you guys did your Star Wars thing, it looked like something like that Luke might bring on a day out, you know, what... When he's not fighting somebody. Let me tell you what that that style of shirt that Michael got is coming back in now. It's the very. Uh, when will you be in possession of the suit? I own it. I well, have you it. own it. You I, own I got, got it. it. Yeah, okay. I got okay. it. This is big. We've already seen it. We had the reveal. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, I'm I, sorry, you didn't mention that, did you? Or you? I, no. I put it, well, I'm I, saying on this podcast. On the podcast, no, I did not mention. We it. saw it. We thought, you know, when we go viral in in our production meeting, uh, me and yeah. Dad were saying that you know what you really want to when discussing the playoffs, you want to bring bringing up. up a suit is really that's well, the time. That's you know the what? Time. There is one tie, and we can get NHL players are the best dressed. I think out of you know what I mean. They always have the coolest suits, but nobody dressed like Pat Riley on the sidelines. 
when he was coaching. Nobody looked as slick as him as Armani suits and that hair slicked back. So there is some of a tie-in. You would, I think you were getting me ready for my communion or something, Dad, and you were slicking my hair back. I did slick your hair And you're like, just like Pat Riley. Just like Pat (laughs) Riley. Just like Pat Riley. Well, I knew you didn't want to be an athlete, but I figured maybe Well, at the time, was he the coach of the Knicks at that time? When in the 90s? It was, it was, I was, I had to be 95, 94, 95. Was was that before the heat, pre or post heat? That was pre-heat. That was pre-heat, I think. Yeah, that was pre-heat. But Riley, I'm just saying... Basically, he likes suits. I slick his hair back. Maybe he doesn't. He's not the athlete I thought he was going to be. But hey, he can learn the X's and O's. Wow, ouch. <laughs> well, to flip that, I mean, he's only, he, his genetics kind of limited him. Right. There, he know? didn't so, have a lot to work with. Well, though, lot. your mom did play field hockey and lose some teeth. Well, I did. She was I, the bulldog. She was the bulldog. I was I courted was heavily for the field hockey team. I got cut. <laughs> From all my teams, but we don't need to go into. We, that. we don't. We don't need to go into. We don't that. need to bring up that. But just to, and I don't want to belabor it too much. But this isn't just a one-time thing, though. You get, you go in, you pick your suit. It has to be worked on, right? There's, they don't just say, well, hey, we got your measurements, we're good. You have to come back over a period of time. Yes. What what I'll say, gentlemen listening, know your body, right. because a tailor or somebody at these places is really not going to... They're going to put the measuring tape around you and say, all right, you're this size. If you know... I know that I have, for my frame, I'm small, but Dad, you said this when I was born, I've got very wide shoulders. So i got very, very wide shoulders. Big wingspan. Big wingspan. Big wingspan. On a very narrow frame. Yes. So you have to make sure that, you know, you're... Your suit jacket hits just right on the shoulder blades. There's mm. a seam there. You want to make sure that the seams under your arms, that's where I get really picky. I like them high. Right. I don't like them low because then you kind of get... You don't want to look like bat wings. Yeah, exactly. You don't yeah. want bat wings. So, you know, know your sizes. Know your you know your your worth. But then also... Know your worth. No, exactly. <laughs> know your role. Know Shut your, your worth. Right. Because let me tell you what. They all kind of steamroll you and think that they know... What they know, but you know your body better than they do. Right, well, but they're they like say. the experts going. You're going to an expert because they think they know better than you do. But like you said, my body I mean, is a temple. I want exactly to with the respect. And, and like, listen, I, I didn't have like you know like a a, a tailor. They, they don't really exist anymore. A tailor come to your house saying he's going to make you right, suit. If right. you want to spend eight grand on it, sure. Right. I got this on gift cards for two hundred dollars. You insane. should open up your own suit shop. You should. And it should be like Zach's Suit Store. Know your worth. Know your girth. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Know your worth. Know your that's, girth. You should. That's Get how a good tailor, which is a dying art. You're saying is it no such thing? How dare you? It's it's really 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 tough to. But find. it's hard to get a good tailor. It's hard to get a good tailor, and it, I if mean, you like, don't have money. Yeah, if you don't have money, which right. I'm sorry, guys, I don't. Right. <laughs> so. But, but um, yeah, know your worth, know your That's girth. That's why you're the for the every man, Zach. I, I, I believe in, I think every man should have at least one nice suit made for them. I you're think. very populist in the suit arena. You think that every man should have a suit, regardless. Right. It's not just for the elites. No. It's not just for the, you know, the professional. You never know when Manhattan, you're going to need a suit. D.C., Los Angeles. Zach is an every Well, he's man. a New Yorker, though, Ben. But no, but, I, but, no, but no, he, I know what you're saying. I, he I'm is a coastal New elite. I'm but, I'm just, but I am saying, though, too, you think that everybody, regardless of zip code, not just the elites in Old Manhattan, sense. And we're not talking DC, like those 
what they used to call them, the Canadian tuxedos, where they had the dungaree the, thing. The, We're talking yeah, real, real, nice real, real suit. Everybody needs a nice But suit. all three of you guys remind me, like, when I watch, like, hockey games and I got the guys that don't play, they're sitting up there. You all look like, because they all look like they're right in style, though. Especially the New York guys. Well, they, they don't got dress the like just yeah. at an opium, you know what I mean? Yeah. You guys look like all, like, you'd have the right suit, you'd have the tailored right, you know, because Zach would probably go with you guys mm-hmm. to make sure. Mm-hmm. But you guys remind me, that's when I see you guys dressed up, I'm saying they all look like hockey players. Like, you know, how they, because I think they're cool. Like, sometimes the NBA guys are out there in some of their, you know, attire. Like, you know, they're not um, just all suits. Or they don't, you know, they can wear different things. They, they, but hockey they players take to me risks. are the best. Yeah, they take they take they, more fashion they, risks. They take more than risks, the hockey yeah. players do. They really yeah. do. And yeah. it's not no knocking them because no, 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 no. You no, see no, Cam not. Newton wearing some stuff that's I couldn't see you in with the big funky well, hat and this stuff, but the good suit can't be the good he, suit. Here's my one thing. I think that the fashion is completely what somebody likes. You, if you are confident in it and you feel good in it, that exuberance makes right. other people see it and go, wow, look at right. that. It's really the person brings that to the club. You want to have some input into what. Exactly. Right. And that that's always been something for me, too. It's I feel better when wearing so what was the quote again? Fashion, what? Know your worth, know your girth. Know your worth, know your girth. That's, That's I think maybe we can end business. it on that. I think so. Know your I worth, th- know your girth. And uh, great job, guys. You got broke it all down. Growing Unbelievable. So down. that is a another uh, playoff edition. Playoff edition. And buying a suit edition of Passes Prime. I will say that I'm just happy because I can't possibly be wrong, I don't think, in my analysis. I can't possibly be wrong. One of 19 teams is going to win One of those teams has to win. One of those teams has Unless to win. Unless something job. horrible happens. Unless the right. Pacers win it. 